very serendipitous that it you know happened that way, and I'm glad it did because I'm able to focus now on what I want to do instead of them distracting me from what I want to do because I'm too busy fighting them. You know, yeah. so so you know if, if music is in your heart, you know if if you love what you do and and you have that gift and you know it's a gift from God. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us today on the Shield of Hope podcast. Hope Speaks on the Shield of Hope channel. Thank you, guys. It's been an honor and a blessing over the last year. We've been doing a lot of these podcasts. And really, you know, musicians are one of my favorite people to have on this podcast by far. They get entertaining stories. But this artist, I really want to know how you circle the drum. Like, okay, so down in Pittsburgh, where we were just at. How did you learn? I can't even twirl a lightsaber. I'm a big Star Wars fan, you know, so twirling a lightsaber, lightsaber is pretty hard. How do you twirl it with your drumstick, like, in your hand and still beat the drums at the same time? Uh, well, this was, uh, I learned this back in the day when MTV actually played music. <laughs> when, when MTV actually stood for music television, not, you know, musty television, I guess. <laughs> um, so... It was a it was a lot of that. I, I just learned how to. I just saw drummers doing that, like Tommy Lee. Um, he he was big on that. You know, a lot of that the hair eighties metal. You know, twirling the drumsticks. So I was I always thought that was cool. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't the cool kid in school, so I figured I would have a one up on everybody if I could learn how to how to twirl the twirl, twirl the and so. But then it, it, it went on from there where it's like, well, yeah, that's cool, you know, and talking with my dad, he's like, well, you know, it's, it's great if you want to enjoy this, you know, so, so I, I took that as, well, if I can, if I can twirl the sticks, I still have to make it musical. Yeah. There still has to be a groove in there. There still has to be, you know, time and and so when I when I do stuff like that, um, I make sure <clears throat> excuse me I make sure that um, that I'm still playing music while I'm while I'm doing that. I think it makes it a little bit more impressive. How how long did that take you to uh, master though? Is that something that's taken actually years, or is that only a few months, or maybe even a week? Um, it's 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 one of those things where. You, you come up with ideas and, and I've come up with different ideas over the years to be able to play different things. So it doesn't, it doesn't really take me long. Um, I, I, when I first learned how to do it, I can't tell you how long it took me because again, I was, in, I was in like third or fourth grade when I, when I was trying it out. So, um, but if I come up, if I come up with an idea and I hear something and, I can see myself twirling the sticks to a particular groove. It'll take me it'll take me a little while to, to get it, you know, to get it where it's nice and smooth, you know, because first I'll work on like the technique of it. Make sure it actually works out, you know. If it doesn't, I might change it up and do like a little variation of something where it will work for me. So that's that's pretty much it. I mean it all it all depends on what you're doing, you know. It can take it can take a day, it can take a week can't take a month you know it depends on what you're doing with it you know yeah well for the audience wondering i did not introduce your name which you are chuck peterson by the way drummer yes. and 
musician. Um, Chuck, is there any, first of all, I'm going to have you introduce yourself to the audience and your background just a little bit, but I guess the first question for me, and you can even include this in your background information, were you always a drummer or do you play different instruments as well? Or have you never given them a try? Uh, well, okay. I'll start off with the introduction. I'm Chuck Peterson. Uh, I've been playing drums for a lot of years. Uh, probably if I, if I really count think about this here, I'm saying, I'm going to say I'm going on like this year, probably going on 39 years of playing drums. Um, and I've, I've played in the school band. That's how I got my start, you know. Um, my dad, he is the drummer for Sugar Hill Gang. So I learned about a lot of different music. Uh, from him growing up, you know, learning how to play different styles of music and listening to them and enjoying them and, and all that stuff. So Led Zeppelin was being played in the house. Uh, Miles Davis was being played in the house. Uh, you know, Motown, Johnny Cash, whatever. So my musical range is all over the place. And, um, and I've always... Uh, I've always played drums. I did try to learn different instruments. I uh, I tried playing guitar. I tried to learn how to play guitar, and my I have short, fat fingers, so it didn't really work out well for me. Because uh, once I got to the F chord, I realized why they call it the F chord. So, <laughs> uh, so it's like, well, okay, that was that. But I did take I did take piano for a little bit when I was in college, and that was that was very helpful. And I, actually, at that point, I had stopped playing drums. I was just playing piano because I was just so interested in learning different chords and, and whatnot. But um, but then I lost interest in piano when I heard somebody else come in the studio and play over a piano tracks that I that I recorded. And I was like, yeah, piano's not right for me. I should have kept up with it, you know, for writing purposes, but. But that love for drums just came back, and and um, and I played. I started playing differently when I went back to the drums because I learned how to play piano. I learned how to play musically. By the time I got back to the drums, it taught me how to play musically instead of just hitting things and and trying to solo all over the place and whatnot. When the singer's trying to sing, no, it helped me to it helped me to see the drum set as piano that each part has its own musical entity you know it's yeah it's one big drum kit but each each drum each cymbal has its own sound it's its own instrument so so i try to i try to treat it as such so that's pretty much a quick there's more to my background but that's like the short version well, we'll get into all that coming up here eventually. Um, and one of those things I guess I was going to ask you, which you kind of answered on already, because coming from a directorial side, you know, directing and working with the camera, I know like when you go to film school, they have you learn how to act because then as a director, it influences you like how to direct your actors. If you're used to acting, you know, even though it doesn't, it's not going to be your main thing. So I didn't know again, but you answered it almost about how did piano for playing it for a little bit actually help you in your drums and you answered yes so that was a that was a really good answer to that um now you talked about your dad and being an influence um where did he get started i guess and like 
you know, how big of an impact did you did you think that you were going to take after him when you were growing up, or did you think you were going to follow in that musical career? Uh, yeah, I did. Um, I was uh, well, my my dad, of course, he got started because of the Beatles. You know, he saw saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan, just like many other well-known drummers. You know, they saw Ringo on the Ed Sullivan. They're like, yeah. That's what I wanted to play drums, you know. And you had you had cats like Buddy Rich and Gene Krupa, who you know, who had this amazing technique. But then you had, I mean, Ringo. He's got amazing technique also, but Ringo was a groove drummer. He was a field drummer, and he made it attainable for any kid who was, you know, who wanted to play music to be able to do so because of his simplicity, but his feel was just tremendous. He never, you know, he had great metronomic timing, and which is what a lot of these drummers that came before me, that's what they relied on. They relied on the feel, the groove, the swing, you know, time. Uh, and, and they did this all without a click. And so, so that's pretty much how my dad got started and and yeah for me i mean there is music all, again there's music all over the house his drums were all over the house you know, i remember him bringing his drums drum set up from the basement and sitting it setting it up in the living room and putting on putting on a record and and um and the record was was high up enough to where i couldn't reach it because I was obsessed with records, still am to this day. But also, so when he was playing, he, the record wouldn't skip, and he'd put he'd put it on the loudspeaker, and he'd play along to those records. And so I vividly remember doing that. But I think I caught the bug when he had picked my mom up, my mom and I up, in the middle of the night, like 12 in the morning. I was three or four years old. And he, I think he had a gig in New York City. And so it probably was for Sugar Hill. He probably had to do something with Sugar Hill, New York. And so I remember we got to the we got to the Holiday Inn, and I remember the next morning I see his drums all spread out. I think he was changing the drum heads, and so I see the drums all spread out, and that for me did it. I was like, yeah, that's what I want to play. You know, and so we had to we had to stop at the music store, and I asked him to buy me a drum set. <laughs> and he's like, "Well, he says I already have mine. You can't fit in the in the, uh, in the car." So he bought me a guitar instead. You know, just to at least get me started. And um, and God bless my mother; she let me take it to church and, and play along with the worship team, even though I had no idea what I was doing. And so when the worship team played, I'd start playing the guitar. And then when they stopped, I kept playing the guitar. <laughs> and my mom, she's like, okay, Chuck, you can stop now. I, I, I probably embarrassed the heck out of my mom, you know. But but I, I, had that, I had that guitar until I was like 15, 16, 17 years old. It just like fell apart. You know, I knew nothing about it. I didn't really care about the guitar. You know, I just, it was, you know, it was just there, you know, as I got older because I was so much into the drums. And um, I sold it to I sold it to a guy. Um, even though it was broken down, he gave me a hundred bucks for it, and he wanted to hire me for some sessions. But unfortunately, he, he passed away. 
before any of that stuff could happen. You know, I was 17 years old, so didn't quite work out that way, unfortunately. But, um, so yeah, over time, I just wound up getting, you know, wound up getting a drum set, and I got a drum set for Christmas when I was 10 years old. The pastor's son he sold it to me. Oh, I sold it to my parents to give to me uh, to, for Christmas, and, uh, and that was it. For now, over time, I'm assuming that like because there's stages when I go through my day with music. Like one day I could wake up, want to listen to country. One day I want to wake up, listen to rap. Do you have a set genre that you like to play to, or do you like? Has there been a progression over your life? Has it always been like pop and rock, or rock and roll? Like you know, like what has always been your favorite genre to play or listen to? Well, there's two types of music. There's good music and bad music. So I like good music. It doesn't matter what what style or what this thing called genre is, um, because as, as, as long as it as long as it feels good, it's got soul. Doesn't matter what style it is. So I get inspired by one minute I can be inspired by James Brown, and the next song that'll pop on, I'll get inspired by Slipknot. So and then after that, I'll get inspired by Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, you know, or I'll get inspired by Thundercat, you know. So it's um, so my range. My range of listening eclectically is huge. Like I'll listen to stuff. I'll listen to, you know, Indian music. I'll listen to Central Java Gamelan. I'll listen to uh, what they uh, the Turkish the Turkish form of worship called the uh, the world. Uh, what was it? I don't remember the name, but they, but the the worshippers are like the Mevlevis or the the whirling dervishes is what it's called. Um, David Hikes, who who uh, who mixed Gregorian chants with Tobin throat. Uh, I said that sometimes I get my words mixed. Tobin throat singing. Thank you. Uh, he mixed, you know, he mixed those two styles together, you know, and, and, and that's called the harmonic choir. So I'll listen to stuff like that. I'll listen to classical. So my my musical taste does not range what's here in the United States or what's over in England and all that stuff. It goes further east, you know, and um, and so it. I think I think it's important to listen to all styles of music, you know, because it gives you it gives you a sense of um, gives you a sense of wanting to learn learn about other people's cultures instead of being confined to what you know and not branching yourself out and especially if you're a musician um it can make for interesting songwriting and i can i can play different things on the drums like i i played i played for a, a christian pop punk band and I remember they had this one song and I threw and it, it was very, it was like very fast punk. It really was, you know, and just right in the middle, I decided to throw a rate, you know, one drop reggae and it worked, you know, and they loved it. So it's, it's, it's things like that. I love, I love to create, you know, so I think listening to all different types of music from, you know, 
from the different bands that you may like and never heard of to to more like cultural stuff that, that you never hear on the radio that you never would hear on the radio. Um, I, I think that I think that's important, you know, because it'll help you to branch out and be a little bit more creative. Now, I do this a lot on YouTube because I, 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 I try to look up to people that like I kind of want to be. So like, in essence, when I go on YouTube, I look up like short films or independent films and try to get like a feel for things that aren't mainstream. And when you're talking a lot about like finding all these different cultural musics and all these different uh, groups and, and genres, like how, how does somebody like you go about finding these, these songs and the, and these cultures and, like, is that something that you have to like just randomly type in like a playlist that's like shows up on Spotify? Is it like a YouTube thing? Is it just like, I, I don't I, like, because even for me, like looking through YouTube, sometimes if I'm in the mood for horror, I'll be like, okay, I'll, I just want a horror short film that like somebody created that like I haven't seen before. Something new online, a short film that uh, independent artists like myself are doing. But like, how does, how do you, do you search for this stuff or like, Um, luckily, the one thing I will say that was good about college, because I really hated it, was um, was I took a world music class, and and that pretty much was my that pretty much was my introduction to start listening because we had learned about all these different types of music that I had just told you about the central uh, the central Java Gamelan, you know. The tube and throat singing. I want to make sure I said that right. Uh, um, all that you know, the the, the whirling dervishes, all that stuff. We learned in our music class, and it just resonated, you know. And and because of that, you know, it made me search out, you know, different different things at that time. So, and then where before I took that class, you know, again, I'm a huge Beatles fan. And so Abbey Road, you know, was my favorite record. Still is to this day. It's one of my favorite Beatle albums. And then it wasn't until that class where I went back and paid attention to the Sgt. Pepper album and how many how many different types of, of music is on that one album, you know. And uh the same thing with uh, Fishbone, give a give a monkey a brain and he'll swear he's the center of the universe. That's uh, it's not it's not very it's not much a cultural album, but it's got all different types of music in it. It's got funk, it's got rock, it's got R&B, it's got punk, you know. So all all in one album. So that's you know that's another one of my favorites because it's so each song is so different from from the other and. For me, with Sergeant Pepper, it was kind of the it was kind of the same thing, and um, so that's that's pretty much how I that's pretty much how I discovered it. You know, again through my through my world music class, and um, and been loving it ever since. You know, every once in a blue moon, I'll just I was like, you know, I need to listen to something different. I need to listen to something I don't normally listen to every day. And I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll pop something on, you know, and, and just, and just sit and listen. So. Now we talked, obviously the first segment here was talking about 
how you grew up in the music and what inspired you. But can you take us back to that first time you actually performed on a stage or at an event? <laughs> so, if you want to talk about my very first performance, okay, um, was actually at a school concert. And so I remember we had just moved and we went to the office and they said, oh, you know, do you want to join any school activities? I was in second grade. And the first thing I said was, I want to join the school band. And she said, oh, I'm sorry, you can't join the school band until you're in third grade. And she goes, would you like to join anything else? And I said, no, I'll wait. <laughs> I don't want to join anything else. I wanted to be in the school band. So when I got to third grade, um, we did, uh, we were doing the concert. So... That, that pretty much was my first performance, but our teacher, Mrs. Giovanna, I believe her name was, I remember, um, she, um, she made the third graders play a song by themselves, and so we had to play Puff the Magic Dragon, which, you know, again, I'm, I'm the kid who's, you know, He's already been exposed to Miles Davis, to weather reports of Animation Orchestra, you know. So, Peter Paul and Barry wasn't at the top of my list, <laughs> right? So, we had to play Buff the Magic Dragon, but we had to play it at like a super slow speed. So, it was like. It was it was the longest, most embarrassing moment of my life, you know. And what, what made it even worse was my mom running up with her camera, and I could see her, you know, like taking a picture, you know. And, and so, so that that pretty much was my my first performance on stage. Um, but then after that, I, I pretty much played in church. You know, so, you know, I, I grew up in the church and I was playing drums in the church. I started off with percussion and then we had, we had went to another church, um, which I'm still friends with the pastor and the worship leader at that, that particular church, uh, Joe Pasquich, if he's watching, how you doing, Pastor Joe? Um, and so I, I played on the worship team there. And so I, you know, I guess because I've, I've done it my whole life, I really can't recall like my very first performance. Um, probably, probably an out, you know, outside of church performance was probably a band that I was involved with called Up. You know, we were we were very experimental, <laughs> a very experimental band who would have people show up to the show and leave in the middle of the show to go get ice cream and all that stuff. But we loved what we were doing. So that, that pretty much was my first taste. And then, and then my first professional taste was playing with uh, Jamie Brennan and the Electric Soul. You know, we got to, we got to open for, for Blue Oyster Call. You know, got to open for my dad's band, Tackhead, which uh, those were, were Tackhead. They were the... Um, the house band for Sugar Hill, you know, they kind of left that scene and started up, started up another one. And Tackett, they, 
they inspired me. They inspired bands like Ministry. They inspired bands like Primus, Red Hot Chili Peppers. My dad told me he would see those guys, you know, Primus, Red Hot Chili Peppers again, Ministry, Nine Inch Nails. He'd seen them all in the front row of their shows, you know. And so because they were, you know, they were one of those underground underground bands who was very influential among among those musicians, you know. And um, so so we got we got to we got to open open for them and. Uh, and we, we made sure we brought our A game, you know, because like we, we had we had a lot of people watching there. There are people they were waiting for the tech kid reunion and people flew in people flew in from Australia to come and see the show. They flew from Australia to Connecticut to come, you know, to come and, and, and dig this show, you know, and then we're opening for them. So it's like we, we best we best make sure that, you know, we come prepared. We come we come with our A game. So um so those are those are pretty much, you know, firsts for me. You know, they, they came in stages. So One of the most interesting things you just said is opening up for your dad. Was that always a dream kind of growing up that, hey, I want I would like to open up for him one day or play alongside him? Did you ever play with him on either a song, an album, or in the same band? Or was it always like you guys, because you were both drummers, correct? Yeah. So yeah. is there typical bands, like, this is a, this is a serious question. Is there ever two drummers in a band, or does it only consist of one? I don't know if you can. Can you mix two drummers yeah. in a? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Doobie Brothers—they do it all the time. Um, Almond Brothers band. You know, they're they're another one. Um, uh, I'm, I'm sure there are plenty more, but those are the, the most known ones that everybody would know. Yeah. But it, it, it's it's a rare thing, though, right? Probably. It, it is it is a rare thing. Sometimes when when um, when session drummers when they go in and they do a studio, they sometimes they will use two drummers. Oh, Funk Brothers, Motown. Um, they had two drummers on, on a lot of the songs. I mean, there's technically three drummers, but two will play at a time. And um, so a lot of those classic Motown hits, you would hear two drummers play. So, um, so it's. It's not, it's not an uncommon thing, but it's not a common thing at the same time. And as far as my dad and I doing something together, we, um, we did a session together uh, with, um, I forgot who the artist was for, but we got a, we got a call from, from the late great Harold Sargent. Um, Harold Sargent was a, was a dear friend. A dear friend of my dad, he actually gave my my dad his, his first shot uh, at Wood Brass and Steel, which then turned into the Sugar Hill House Band. And he's helped uh, Harold has helped guys like Bootsy Collins before Bootsy joined James Brown. He helped him buy a bass. Um, he's helped so he's even helped me out. And um, and the name that is Black is kind of like a tribute to Harold and um, there's there's a whole there's a whole story behind that but um, but Harold was just he was just one of those guys who loved music and he gave himself to to the music and would help others to achieve their achieve their dream. And if you watch the Matrix movie, the first one, um, Harold's drum groove is in that movie. 
looking for the skull snaps, and that's the scene where uh, where Morpheus he takes Neo, you know, through the you know through the Matrix, and Neo sees that woman with the red dress, and turned out to be an agent. So that group that's being played there, that was Harold. That was Harold's drumming. That's awesome. And, uh, so, so yeah, Harold he called he called my he called my dad to come down to do a session, and then my dad called me to say we're going to do a session for Harold. Um, he's like. Come and pick me up, <laughs> right? So, so I went. And I got him, and I, I played on. I played on one song, and the, and the cool thing was, um, somehow the tracks would be bounced to the floor in real time. So we were we were getting clicks from from the engineers in Florida, and they were bringing it back up to Hartford, Connecticut, where we were. And we would hear the we would hear the clicks and play along to play along to those clicks and those tracks. So so I did I did one song and then my dad got up and, and, and did the other one. So nothing again, nothing really ever came came of that, but it was a really cool moment for you know, for us to do session together like that. No, I, I bet. You know, and I and I think about it and I don't I don't know if you watch baseball, but I can relate to the Griffey, Ken Griffey and his uh son, Ken Griffey Jr. No, I think it'd be pretty cool to play alongside with your parent, you know, especially in the same profession. And I, I believe they hit back-to-back home runs in the same game. So I, if I'm if I'm relating my baseball correctly, but I do want to get because since you re- referenced the uh, the Adventures of Thaddeus Black, I want to ask you a little bit about what that is and uh, how that got started. So Thaddeus Black, the Adventures of Thaddeus Black, was actually supposed to be an album title, and. Um, I was kind of, I was kind of like trying to digress away from that because I would love for you to interview the whole band. Oh, we we can do that. Yeah. So, um, oh, okay. I was gonna, I was gonna say I can, I can switch this topic by saying about just basically creating your own music and the process of creating your own music. If that helps instead. Yeah, yeah, that, that, um, that works. Yeah. So, like again, I'll give like a, a small background, but I won't get into details. But. Uh, that was originally supposed to be an album title. And this is when I was in the band with, with Jamie Brennan and Electric Soul, but that album never happened. So I just kind of took that name and used it in the band. <laughs> right? It's a cool name. So, it is. It's a very cool name. And, so, yeah, Jamie was like, yeah, go ahead and use it. You know, so, so I did. And this is actually the second incarnation of this band. There was a, there was a Daddy's Black before that, but that group, it, we didn't last too long. We were together for like two years maybe but we only did like two or three shows and so i just said well you know let me take this name and use it again and um and the writing process for us is um we all have a hand in it you know we we already we started we had already um well doug and Purcell, the guitar player the singer um they had they had a few songs already from from another band that they're in called the Crystal Blue Project, and so we just kind of took those songs and made it our own. You know, we rearranged them, and then we and then uh, the, the bass player Lawrence he he wrote a couple of tunes and we worked on that. I wrote a tune and we had worked on that, and uh, and that's pretty much that's pretty much the the album. You know, we're, we're going to do one cover. We're not going to reveal what the cover is. You know, I'm going to 
but um, but yeah, there's one tune that that Lawrence had, the bass player, where he had it for another artist because we all play with other musicians outside of the student sessions, tours, um, all that stuff. So to get the song for another artist, she didn't want it. So so Lawrence is like, here, dig this, you know. If you guys want it, we can, you know, we can work on it. It could be our own. And so, so I was like, I love this. You know, and I said, whoever that girl was, uh, she's missing out because this is a really, really great tune. You know, so we, we took it, we recorded it. Um, I got Corey Glover to lend his vocal expertise on this song. So he's, he's going to be, he's going to be on that too. And if you don't know who Corey Glover is, he's the lead singer of the band Living Cover. And monster, monster singer, great human being. So he, he sang on that song. My dad is actually mixing it. Um, and then once we get it mastered, that's going to be our first single. Very nice. Now I look for I will look forward to listening to it. I really do. Um with with this, because you, you keep mentioning names upon names upon names and people I don't know, people I do know. Does, does the music industry, and I'm assuming maybe the farther I get into the film industry, it'll be the same thing, but does the world become a smaller place? Like, do you, when you hear people's names, like, do you like, oh, I already knew them, like, you know, because of this person, like, you know, is it, is it something like, do you, do you, I, I, we all meet new people, obviously, but like, is there like upcoming artists or like, especially like independent, um, independent mus- musicians? drummers even that like you already know kind of ahead of time uh it's it's funny my my friends they know about it before i do you know I, i'm i'm kind of an old head you know I, I like the old school stuff but um i'll stumble you know i'll stumble upon somebody on facebook i'll go and i'll listen to somebody i'm like okay yeah, i think there's stuff uh thundercat was one of the names i mentioned a friend of mine he had posted one of uh, one of the songs on Facebook, and so I listened to it, and I was like, "Oh man, this this guy's happening," you know. So I became I became a huge fan. Um, when when it comes to meeting people, I believe that the music industry that you're that it expands, you know, and you know who you meet, you know, it's, it doesn't get smaller; it gets bigger. Because um, I'll tell you this, I'm kind of, you know, very shy. I'm, um, I'm very socially awkward sometimes. So if it wasn't for music, I don't think I would know the amount of people that I do know, you know, which is, you know, which is, has all been a blessing. I wouldn't have, you know, been able to do the things I can do if it wasn't for the music, you know, I wouldn't have traveled to places I wanted to travel to. You know, there's still a lot of places I want to travel to. I've never been to Europe yet, unfortunately. But uh, came close once, but it, everything fell through. Um, so I, I believe it expands. You know, your friendships, you know, they expand. And and even, even going to the NAMM show in California, you know, a lot of the a lot of the people that I met there, you know, who are who are well known musicians who work for, who, who've played on 
famous artists, you know, record and all that stuff, to do sessions and all that stuff. We, you know, we have we have a friendship. You know, we'll, we'll, I'll be like, hey man, how you doing? You know that kind of thing. So, so it's nice to have that because they, you know, they are regular people. You know, they don't they don't really go for them. Oh my gosh! You know, I'm doing that inside when I first meet them. You know, but I, I I play I play it cool because I I know they're just human. They don't want. I'm sure they don't like people freaking out on them. But again, inside I'm freaking like, holy crap! I've listened to this guy for many years. And I'm finally getting to shake hands with them, hang with them. And, and all that stuff. So, is there is there a particular person that you reference that to? Like you know, like your heart's beating on the inside. Like you're really excited to meet them. Is- yeah, man. There there are many. Uh, I'll, I'll make a few mentions. My friend Dennis Holt. Um, he played in a Christian band called AD back in the day. He's worked with Phil Cheggy. Um, he's he's uh, he's worked with Sheila E. And. Um, and he, actually, I texted him. I texted him while while we were in Pittsburgh. I texted him, and and he was telling me about some some pretty cool gigs he's got coming up. I'm not going to say what they are because I don't know it's, it's, it's news yet. So you know, I'll keep that on the deal. So Dennis, how you doing, buddy? Are you saying you don't want to break news on my channel? No. <laughs> that would go viral. No, but I... <laughs> some serious trouble. Another, another guy. Is uh, Tristan Bowden, who who was uh, who is um, he's Kenny Loggins' drummer, and he's played on all the all Kenny Loggins hits, um, stuff that you heard in the movie. Um, that that was Tristan on drums, and he wound up playing for Chicago for about twenty something years, and now he's back with Kenny. So he's he's another one where he's um, we've talked a lot. We we was. When I go to California and I see him, I'm like, hey, what's going on? You know, and he wanted to uh, he wanted to take me around to see L.A. You know, because I, I was staying out there for two weeks one year, but he had he had a trip he had a, um, the Chicago tour right after right after the Nam show. He's like, man, he was fighting that tour. He was, I would, I'd show you around and show you some of the some of the best spots. You know, so so Tris uh, Tris is a, is, a, is a dear is a dear friend. You know, we don't talk often because he's so busy but but when we do it's it's nice it's nice to catch up he's, he's one of those guys very nice well i got one final question here for you chuck before i wrap this thing up um for anybody and i want to i want to end on an inspirational note to any upcoming musician or artist or anybody in any career um what is something that you consider to be motivational that you kind of strive for is, is there a quote that you go by is there anything like that you can say to influence somebody right now about continuing on with their career and pushing through the hard times, no matter what field they're in? Yeah. Um, there, there have been a lot, a lot of failures, I have to say. And, and I have had a lot of haters who hated the fact of what I would hated the fact of trying to be a musician for them. And they didn't like it at all. And I would get, I would get a tongue lashing for them because, you know, and so I kind of, at first, I kind of used that as my motivation, you know, to prove them wrong. But those people are no longer a part of my life anymore. I had to, you know, they got rid of me as much as I got rid of them. 
impressive to say that. You know, so it was very, you know, very serendipitous that it, you know, happened that way. And I'm glad it did because I'm able to focus now on what I want to do instead of them distracting me from what I want to do because I'm too busy fighting them. You know, so, so, you know, if, if music is in your heart, you know, if, if you love what you do and, and you have that gift and you know it's a gift from God and you stay humble, you stay cool, just be, just be a nice person, be on time, you know, if you get material, always come over prepared. You know, I'd rather be over prepared than under. And, um, and don't, don't let anybody deter you from, you know, from wanting to pursue your passion, no matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you're a musician or like you getting in the film or anybody who, some, there are some people who just, you know, they just want to be a good parent or a good husband and a good mother and a good wife. So, um, don't give up, you know, just, just keep going, you know, find that, find that inner strength. And, um, and again, don't let anybody tell you what you can't do, you know, if they do, then they just say, well, you'll see, you know, I'm, I'm just going to keep doing my thing, you know, and again, just, just stay humble. And, uh, there's one more thing I was going to say, I forgot what it was. Um, yeah, again, just, you know, just be nice. If you're, if you're in it for, you know, because you want to be a rock star, you, you know, you want to, then you might want to reevaluate why you're doing this because the music business is not for the faint of heart. As I'm reporting Troy Oliver, a baseball friend of mine. And, um, not for the faint of heart so you have to really really love what you're doing to pursue it you know you're gonna you're gonna lose friends you're gonna lose girlfriends boyfriends because they don't understand you know but you gotta keep going with it because that's your passion chuck peterson everybody chuck where can they find you at on social media on social media you can find me on facebook at Chuck Peterson Drums, you can find me there. Uh, you can find me on my regular page, which is Chuck Peterson. I have my, my, my profile pictures with some messes on it. Playing drums. Um, if you want to check out uh, my Instagram, my Instagram is Chuck P Drums. And for Thaddeus Black, if you want to if you want to dig on on that stuff. Uh, our Facebook is The Adventures of Thaddeus Black. And on Instagram, we are, I think it's Thaddeus Black Band. I think that's that's our Instagram. And we're, we're putting up a new website soon, so we just got to work out the details on that. And once we do, you know, you'll, you'll see it go up. And it'll be, it'll be good. And yeah, we're... We're again, we're finishing up our record. We're trying to finish up our records, you know, finish up the basic tracks at least. At least all my drums are done. You know, I'm happy about that. You know, we're just getting everything else going. And, um, and once the single's about to release, you will definitely, definitely know. Awesome. And like, 
for everybody watching, I will, if you're interested, I will also link them in the description below on this video. Thank you, Chuck, for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And we'll have, <laughs> Thanks for having me, man. This is a lot of fun. We'll have you and your band on here in the future. <laughs>